0: Greetings all and welcome to margin call the podcast and editorial meeting for quest on media. I'm your host Russell Morse. Welcome everybody. Welcome to a very exciting show. We have one of our favorite team members and guests here today. I'll leave you in suspense. I won't say their name yet. Um, But just to frame our conversation a little bit today, uh, as you know, one of the verticals on the quest on site uh, is incarceration. We talk a lot about issues related to incarceration, related to criminal justice. It's in our DNA. It's a big part of why we do the work that we do. It's a cornerstone of our news agency. Um, And this is obviously a very interesting time for us just because there is a national conversation still ongoing about the criminal justice system, about mass incarceration, about police violence. Um, And in the context of that conversation, all kinds of proposals have come up. A lot of people are talking about things that we've heard advocates talk about historically, um, about the use and misuse of police power, about the use and misuse of incarceration and what a new system might look like, which I think for us at Quest On is kind of the most interesting and and exciting part um, is that people are talking about solutions. You know, for such a long time, we've really built these powerful arguments about what's not working uh, in our criminal justice system and who the victims are of that system. And now a lot of people are talking and thinking very seriously about what a different kind of system might look like. Um, so we do a lot of macro conversations here, but today we're going to have a micro conversation, uh, about one specific story that I think illustrates a lot of these issues in some ways. Um, and I think it's important to tell personal stories. The personal stories are always the stories that resonate. And also it is a story that directly affects one of our favorite people. And now I'll say their name, Amelia, Amelia is back on the show. Welcome. Welcome. We're so excited to have you back. Thank you for being here. Yes. Listeners, everybody knows Amelia. Amelia's been here a hundred times. She's an old timer. We missed her. Old timer. I mean, you know, Amelia is a young woman, but an old timer to our show. How about that? Is that a fair characterization? Yes, yes. Yes. Um, So, uh, you know, I want to give a little bit of background just about my relationship with Amelia, how Amelia and I met. Amelia is an incredible person who does all kinds of interesting things. But one on that list of uh, interesting things was her involvement with an organization called Echoes of Incarceration, um, which I came into contact with uh, through a friend just through some of the work that i was doing in mass incarceration advocacy and and reform work and it is a group of young and youngish people whose lives have been affected by uh, either family members or friends or themselves um having been incarcerated and it is a media company so these are young people who are telling their own stories in the world not all of them even necessarily directly relate to issues in uh relating to criminal justice, Um, but it's a very, very powerful outlet. I recommend everybody who hasn't heard of Echoes of of Incarceration before to look it up. It's a beautiful organization. They're doing great work. Uh, Everybody I've ever met there is an incredible person, and, and they have really, really good content. So check them out. And that's how Amelia and I met. Um, was through a mutual friend. And I got I was lucky enough to do a little bit of work with that organization. And in the process, I learned about Amelia's personal story and how incarceration has affected her life. And there have been some very compelling developments in that personal story, which is why Amelia is here today. Was that a, a long enough throat clearing? Was that a <laughs> long enough introduction? <laughs> I didn't want to give away like the juicier, more exciting aspects of your personal story because you tell your story so well. So I kind of just danced around it and gave us a little bit of context. Is that good okay. okay everybody's happy um so help us out a little bit and help me out too because it's been a long time since i've talked to you about the specifics of this story but tell us a little bit about um how incarceration has infected your life affected your life the, your story your personal story through your father um before we start to get some of the more recent developments just some background so that we're all we all understand what's going on
1: yes I'm like, wow, how incarceration has affected my life.
0: (laughs) Well, yes, very big state, very big question. That
1: sounds like a TED talk.
2: (laughs) Oh, true.
1: I can't wait for
0: Amelia's TED talk. (laughs) (laughs) That
2: sounds really good. Not a bad thing.
1: (laughs) I feel like I'm really good at committing to things. And then I'm like, oh, man, I really got to follow through on that. But so, how incarceration has affected my life? Well, I mean, so intensely. It's so crazy. Like, Thinking about so I was 15 when he was first arrested. You're talking and about your dad. Your, your yeah, dad. my dad. When okay. my dad was first arrested, I was 15 years old, and now I'm 25. <sighs> and I feel like that time frame is so critical in someone's life. Can you hear me okay, by the way? Yeah, yeah.
0: We can, hear you. Like, we can oh. hear you just so, fine. And um, here, your dad was incarcerated for that whole time. You're saying for 15, that whole time, yeah, okay. Yeah. Whole
1: time. Because even when he was in jail awaiting trial, I think the bail was set as at like 2 million. Cause he was considered like a flight risk. And then because the, the case was so high profile, like, yeah, it was just, it was really intense. And so, you know um, yeah. So he was first sentenced to life in 2013 and for, Is this you know, in
0: California? We're talking about in Nevada. In, in, Nevada. Okay. in Nevada,
1: where the crime happened. And then it was um, at the, it was at a casino. There was basically like a shootout and then, the person who started the whole thing didn't want to time, so they flipped for the state and said, oh, actually, it was this assassination plot. And my dad, Ernesto, was the leader of that. And because he had a really clean record, we thought he was the perfect person to assassinate someone in a casino.
0: <laughs> this is the story that the person who was arrested told to yeah. the authorities, and they mm-hmm. bought it. Okay. Yep. No, I then, mean, is there any truth to that, or was this a story that this person fully manufactured to fully try to up. try to save themselves? Okay.
1: Yeah. So they created this whole story so that so then they became like the state star witness. Actually, they were that person was their only witness of this whole thing, hmm. and uh, and then actually, my dad, I, uh, he told me at that time. I don't even really remember that period. Was like that trial happened like a. Sec- I mean, the jury took five hours to decide my dad's life sentence. So that was, like, insane. But um, but it was an all-white jury, which I didn't even, like, remember. And um, my dad was just saying how you know unjust that was. And then also the, the judge in that trial, she refused to answer one of the jurors' questions and said, like, you guys basically already had the answer. I don't need to answer that.
0: Do you know what the question was? I mean, was it, was it
1: relevant? Yeah, it was. It was, like, could you could you charge someone with a conspiracy that they're not aware of? Hmm.
0: That's a very good question. That's that's a mm-hmm. good, good juror, I'd say.
1: Yep. And then she was like, that was already explained. I don't need to answer that. And so that gave ground for the appellate courts, because that was like obviously abusing her power. And then in 2015, the Supreme Court of Nevada, the appellate courts unanimously overturned all charges against my dad, ordered a new trial. Then... And that was
0: after how many years of incarceration already?
1: Two, well, technically four, but two being post-sentence, so in prison. Okay. But I guess four, because since 2011. Mm -hmm. Um, And then after that, what was crazy was the judge then suspended the trial for a year, because she said she had scheduling conflicts. And by the way, in Nevada, if your case is overturned, you have to go to trial with the same judge who judged you the first time.
0: That like, doesn't seem right.
1: Doesn't seem right,
0: especially also, if the the concerns, the legal concerns, uh, apply directly to that judge. Yep. yep. It's almost like the criminal justice system's flawed. Oh my god. Uh, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I, yeah, I just—that's me saying that. <laughs>
1: it's almost like they want you to stay in prison <laughs> crazy idea but then so, and
0: it was this very same judge who would not give an answer to the juror yes. who said i need a year because i got a lot of stuff going on right now
1: yep yep okay yep also my dad's lawyer was real he wasn't a good lawyer he was real, i mean he put my dad on the stand without like preparation really
0: was this a? did he have a public defender or did he hire an attorney
1: He hired an attorney and it was a guy who like was famous a long time ago but it was just like a hot mess and then anyway so then um then actually the state's witness who made up the whole thing the -hmm. whole conspiracy theory the whole like this was assassination my dad blah 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 he signed and wrote an affidavit admitting it was all a lie in 2011 so this was
0: before the appeal this was
1: after the appeal awaiting a new trial okay in oh. that period, time frame. Then Nevada, realizing they no longer had a case against my father, kicked it to the feds, who had been planning a RICO case for the last 10 years against the Vagos. So then they looped my the father. The Vagos, do you say? Mm-hmm. And that's Can you the tell us club. a little bit
0: about... Okay, yes. so what's, what's the Vagos?
1: It's a motorcycle club.
0: Okay. And in was this a motorcycle club? club. Was your dad a member of this motorcycle club was the motorcycle okay all right yeah
1: he was a member of the motorcycle club and then they just rode motorcycles
0: yeah you know like a motorcycle club they just you know (laughs) hop on their bikes just like you know people who like star trek everybody's got a hobby (laughs) you know
1: (laughs) you know like bikers yeah Yeah. so yes so part of the motorcycle club and then, but they all... And this
0: was this federal investigation prior to his arrest? They were looking into... Yeah. Okay.
1: And so actually the whole time he was incarcerated, that's when they got all the stuff, but he was never involved in anything. So he was on like thousands of phone calls. He wasn't on any of them. Okay. So, but anyways, so then... They kick it up to the feds. Then my, then the feds charged my dad along, I think with like 22 other people, they included a dead person in that, by the way, they charged 22 people, one dead person. So really 21 people with a Rico case and including, um, drug trafficking, kidnapping, murder. Oh, drug abuse. They charged them with drug abuse or I guess creating drug abuse. Don't know how that works. but um. And then they also tried to charge my dad with the death penalty. Him and eight others.
0: Now, were these federal charges related to the casino shooting or unrelated to the casino shooting?
1: They said that the casino shooting was related to an even larger conspiracy. Hmm. So, yes, exactly, Yiming. Hmm. Yeah. Also- I have so many questions. Yeah. So many questions. I'm mm-hmm. like, wait, what is it? so right but the thing with the rico case is it is a conspiracy so it's really hard to prove wrong like ricos are like we got you like you are definitely going away all of you are going away for whatever time but this is it's really hard to basically you have to prove in a rico that you make enough money or you made enough money or you live a certain type of lifestyle where you wouldn't need to engage in any of these acts and so who's there you know it's like anyone's the decider on that
0: like well, this, and center, and right? this is something that the that federal law enforcement did a long time ago in relation to like organized crime and the mob. Right. That's right. what the, yeah. Okay. That's what the Rico act. Okay. Yep.
1: Yep. Like if anyone watches the Sopranos, that's like the great example of the Rico because they're always like afraid of it. Like they're right. always like really afraid of a Rico case because it's just this compiling of like years and years and years and years and years of information. And then at the same time, like, there's a really cool scene in, um, well, I don't know if it's cool, but there's a scene in The Sopranos where, like, this county, like, like in New Jersey or whatever, tries to get, I think it's, like, Tony Soprano or something, like, on a stupid, like, gun charge. And the feds get really pissed off because they're like, like, do not mess with our case. You know, either, like, kick it up to us and then we can then use that, but, like, do not try to, like, do anything in your little small County against this person, and that's like basically what the state of Nevada did. Like the feds were like, "Listen, kick it up to us. We'll then charge everyone, but mm-hmm. don't just like drop the case against him and then let him go." And so, when they kicked it up, he was then transferred out of prison to a detention center.
0: So a federal mm-hmm. facility, then. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. That was run. And, and where by- was that? What was that federal facility?
1: that was in nevada it's okay. called the southern detention center in nevada and it's run by the cca and ice oh wow yeah and sounds- so terrible and when we went there they wouldn't even let us see him in, in person is we that the only- thing you sent me the photo of the of, the, of where he was at yes okay yeah. yeah so they they only like it's like a polycom basically it's not even as big as like a 13 inch laptop. Maybe, maybe that big, but it's, and you get one hour. Wow. Even if you're out of state and um, you get one hour and that's if the computer's working, like that's if they're all working. Cause like when we got there one day, there was like three that were down. So like, there's no like scheduling. It's not like, Oh, I'll come at this time. It's just, you come and then you wait and then hopefully you get on one.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And it was like, that that was so crazy to me. And they, they were like, Oh, it's for everyone's safety. Man, bullshit. Like, we all know that's a lie. Like, who brings drugs in here? Y'all do. Like, none
2: of us. <laughs> yeah, none of us like, y'all are doing this.
0: Like, yeah, they probably don't want anybody messing with their supply chain. You know what right. I mean? Like it's right. kind of a it's like you can't bring your own snacks to the movies kind of thing. You exactly. know what I mean? Like
1: people still do that though.
0: <laughs> yeah. They're just, they're just <laughs> pulling an analogy out of the sky, you know? <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it's really, yeah. I yeah. mean, even I remember when we got there that time, my sister got really upset with the person because she, because basically we had kind of, I mean, his lawyer had allowed us to do two hours. Like somehow we had gotten two hours and the guard was like, well, too bad. Like you're getting an hour. Yeah. And my sister was like, no, we're getting two hours. And I was like, well, we might get zero. So let's just go ahead and sit down and make sure that we do not yeah, you know fuck this up Yeah, but I felt the same way but it's just like you know the once you're in there you don't have a you know you're like alright I'm just gonna do whatever you say because I want to yeah. see
0: this person yeah that's the culture yeah. I mean you were also I just want to point out like A a very young person throughout this time, right? You said you were fifteen while your dad, when your dad was first arrested. So, I mean, even his uh, first appeal or his, you know, the the second trial. You know, when you were eighteen, you know, being transferred to different facilities. Uh, Nineteen. I'm, I'm curious about. I mean, you are doing very well in your life. Very accomplished person. Uh, What, what was it like to try and endure? that time of tumult and you know just plainly not having your father and the question about whether you would see your father again what what was what was the emotional toll at the time
1: well I think there were different phases like in the beginning I shut down like I would say I like I really shut. I mean I almost got kicked out of high school when I was in my junior year because I had like I used to be I was like a straight-a student and then once he got arrested I just felt like fuck it (laughs) Like, I was like, I was like, you know what? Like, I mean, at that time I was also really pissed at him. So there was like a, and I was, I also felt really like embarrassed and just like, so I like most, because it was so high high profile, most of my friends in California found out before I did. Mm. And so there was also this like just deep feeling of shame. And then I had my own stuff with him anyway. And so by the time that that happened, I was like, you know what, like, you don't give a shit about us. It's like you're going to put our lives in jeopardy like that. Like, you're not even thinking about how that's going to blow back on us. Like, I had to change my phone number. Like, my, you know, like we had, like, my sister's move, my sister had to leave San Francisco, like, ASAP to move to New York for safety, like, all this stuff. And then, because when you're arrested, all your accounts are frozen. Then, you know, there was no like money also. (laughs) So it was like, like I mean, not that my mother was like working very hard and you know also is I think very successful, but I, I just the strain that it put on our family, like all kind of in a, just a moment, where you don't you know and so so yeah I, I was I like really struggled and so that year like actually I was talking to my sister about it recently and she was like yeah we were like really worried about you, like I mm. went down I mean I would like drink in class like regularly, old yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like so useless. Like where yeah. are you going? <laughs> was this
0: at this was at a high school in San Francisco?
1: This was in New York. This oh, was this at a high school in New York. New York yeah. Okay. And um and I just couldn't be alone, so I had I mean, to. were like, you
0: pulling out like a forty, or did you have a flask? What are we talking about no, here? I had I know it you, in
1: like a um, like a water bottle, like bottle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Called it,
1: called it. No, but, like, <laughs> but not like only could see through, like almost like mm-hmm. a tin, like water bottle. Yeah. these? Like yeah, 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 like yeah. something like that. And then I would, um, then I would like I we usually sat in the back of class anyway, but um.
0: Yeah, I mean, but you're yeah. not a nerd, you know. What are you gonna sit up front? Come on. <laughs> no matter what's going on in your life, you're sitting in the front row. Come on.
2: <laughs> yeah, I would never what, sit you sit in the bus. front
0: on the bus, too? You know?
2: <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah,
1: I like, I totally went down. I mean, I stopped answering his calls for like a good part of the beginning. Maybe and was, like this,
0: the was this because, I mean, you know, relationships with parents are super complicated yeah. anyway, no matter yeah. what's going on. And teenagers with their parents, super complicated. But w- was this new dimension of it because there was some question for you about whether he was guilty or not guilty? Was that part of it for you? Did you go through a period of time of doubt about his involvement or, or, or what, whether he had done when he was accused of?
1: Um, I think, I mean, I knew that, I mean, I knew that he shot the person and then the question was whether or not I was in self-defense or if, was the, or if it was premeditated. Mm. I think for me, logic hit on that one because I was like, why would you assassinate someone in a casino with cameras? Like, that seems like the worst place to murder
2: someone.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like... So your like, resentment, or like your difficulty at the time, was, was just personal. kind of like a. It was like a lifestyle. You kind of yeah. thought, like you know, the life that you're living is not okay. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah,
1: like I felt like the life that you're living is risking us. Yeah. So, um. so you must not be concerned. You know. So we,
0: so we have the drinking alcohol in uh, high school yes. class phase, yes. and you said and was, there like, were other phases. So
1: I was, like, never, ever sober. I remember it is, fake It is crying. an effective
0: coping mechanism. <laughs> yeah. I would, like,
1: fake – I would actually – I would, like, go out and get high and then come back in, and then they had me, like – it was a New York City Public School, and they were worried about me, so they started having me go to, like, therapy. Like – or not, like, therapy, but it was, like, you'd meet with, like, a social worker or something in the school, like, for – like, which I mostly missed those. But when I <laughs> made it, when I would, like, not want to go to class, I would, like, fake like I was really sad. And then like go and be like, I'm just like really sad right now. And then, you know, they'd be like, Oh, don't worry about it. But it was interesting because that for that first year, I didn't cry. I don't think I cried. I think I maybe cried once. Hmm. Like I didn't, I just felt anger. Like, I don't think I felt like sadness or like, Oh, this is, I just felt like anger. And so I even, I remember it was one therapist or one social worker that I met with or whatever. He was like, he was saying he was like do you feel angry and i was like no shit like what the fuck i was like i'm not doing this anymore
2: this is not helpful
0: it's a fair question i might ask the question if i were in that situation
1: that's true that's it's a place to start it's a place to start yeah he was a good guy he
0: meant no harm am i angry what do you think i'm out of here idiot
2: I was like, yes, oh, you so an appropriate
0: response for a to yeah. I think you guys were both doing exactly what you needed to do. There was probably work going on in that room. You know, it's like the first few sessions in uh, goodwill hunting. You know what I mean? Like you gotta, you, had yeah. to, you gotta feel each other out first. This is true. This is true. Yeah. yeah. So how did you kind of pull out of that phase? You said there was another phase after that was the, was the next phase even darker or did you kind of, yeah. you know, commit to your own life in a new way or what, what was the next phase?
1: Well, I, um, that, so that year toward the end of the year, my, well, fortunately I went to like performing arts high school in New York, but, um, that was still like public school, but I went to, so I met with like the head of my department or whatever. And he was like, you know, Familia, like if you continue on this path that you're doing right now, like we're going to expel you from high mm-hmm. school. And I was like, Oh, that's bad. I was like, you know, I really did fuck up, but this one's real bad. And so he was like, if you're going to stay for the rest of this year and like come back for your senior year, like you have to hit this, this grade point basically. Um, and so it was, I, so my mom just got her bachelor's at 60. I mean, she's crazy smart. She didn't even need to go get, she just got her bachelor's to get higher pay at work. It just doesn't, I mean, she's ridiculously smart. She basically has a graduate degree. Um, and then my dad never went to college. And then I just felt like I really, like, I need to go to college. Like, I knew that I was like, this is really important. And like, how did my life go, get, like, get here? Like, I realized, like, I spent so much time kind of out of like resentment being like, well, because of you, I'm going to do this. But what did it do for me? Like, it yeah. just led me to like almost being kicked out of high school. Like, that, mm-hmm. that makes no sense. Yeah. And so. So yeah, at that point, I really didn't know what to do. And then um, that's when I got into Buddhism because my mom had been practicing since I was a kid and I'd heard people's experiences because she like hosts the meetings at our apartment. So I like heard people's experiences of changing different aspects of their life. And I was like, you know what? Let's go because I have zero to lose and I need to start valuing myself and I don't know where to go for that value. And then I started practicing like, very minimally, but just tried. And then because I was like, let's really see if this works. And then I think because it's a practice centered around really seeing the value of your life and believing in yourself, essentially, that's really what it's about. I I think that started to translate to how I viewed my behavior, and especially my behavior in school.
0: And this is what you're 17, 18 years old at the time? 16. Wow.
1: Yeah, junior year. Yeah. 16, 16, probably about to be 17, that same calendar
2: year.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, it sounds like you responded very well to these warning signs. I, I myself I can, re- can I remember having straight. many of those conversations where somebody says, you know, if you keep going like this, you're going to get expelled. And I'll be like, all right, then. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was, that was my response. Like, I wish you would, you know, like, do it right now. Uh so. I think
1: though I always had this idea of what kind of person I would be since I was young. You know, I always had this like very high expectation of like Amelia, you're gonna, you know, be top in your class and you are going to be the best at whatever you do, and you're gonna do your best and you're gonna work hard and you're gonna do what you need to do. And that was like always my mentality. So to be so like I hate to use it. I wouldn't say like out of... So I'm a person that needs to like be in control, needs to be like, this is what I'm doing next. This is where I'm heading, you know? And so to kind of like, for that to... That's to be a big part of my personality, for me to completely like kind of try to suppress that or like get rid of that. I think when that moment happened, I realized like, this isn't even really who I am. Yeah. Like as a person, like this is just like the only way I felt I could like... I don't know, just be like, you know what? I've been so good all my life yeah. and supporting everyone and like, fuck everyone. And then I was like, wait, that just fucked me. <laughs> and I was like, never mind.
0: That <laughs> hey, was fun while it lasted, I guess. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> that was a nice dalliance.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, that, that's a real credit to you as a person, I would say. I mean, I think anybody dealing with that level of trauma is going to act out in yeah. one way or another. And sometimes people don't pull out. You know, sometimes people have that level of trauma and they just kind of give over to the darkness. So yeah. uh, credit credit to teenage Amelia. Oh,
2: wow, she killed her.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, she sure did. <laughs> She's
1: the only one am here.
0: <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, teenage me. Yes. <laughs> you really got it together.
1: She really did, though. She was like, oof, let's go! You have no time for
2: this."
0: Um, So I am. I I do want to return a little bit to the path of this case and and your dad's situation, just because there's so many twists and turns. So now there's. uh, He's in in a federal facility. Mm-hmm. Uh, facing federal crimes under the RICO Act. Mm-hmm. And this is a whole new set of circumstances. The The state charges are essentially irrelevant at this point, and whatever errors they may have been in, in at his trial uh, are don't matter, right? right. Just because he, what he's facing is that. So what becomes the strategy at that time when they're talking about federal charges? And I assume he has a new attorney, right? Yes.
1: New attorney, yeah. he's considered indigent. So he gets assigned an attorney at the federal level.
0: Okay. So you got a One federal of, defender. Best
1: attorneys ever. I don't know if you've heard of him, but he is the best. I would literally vouch for him for forever. His name is Michael Kennedy. He's amazing.
0: So noted. Yeah. For anyone I mean, out there. you know, I, I always like to hear good stories about public defenders. You know what I mean? Cause there's a lot yeah. of mixed information about people who do public defense work and, but there are so many smart, wonderful, committed people who do that work. So anytime I hear a good name, anytime I hear a good story, I want to pass it along. So I'm happy to hear that he got the representation he needed. So what was was the strategy? What did this public defender come up with?
1: So he, I mean, man, he was so good. He really did his due diligence. Like I have never, I mean, he's like a top attorney in the criminal justice field in general. Like there was a woman at your job, sorry, side note, but there was a woman at your job who was friends with, she's like one of the attorneys at your work. She's an.
0: There are Elsie, Elsie Chandler. Yes.
2: Elsie yes, knew. Him. I knew it
0: was Elsie when you started saying,
2: yeah, "There's I an attorney me. at your
0: office." I was like, "You know what? There, there are probably about eighty of them, but this is going to be about Elsie." <laughs> <LC." laughs> I yes. knew it. I just knew it. The way you were saying it, it was Elsie. Yeah. And she
1: knew about him when it, yeah. this all first started. She was like, "Oh, I know who that is. Yeah. He's a really great attorney." So, anyways, um so the strategy. So first, my dad was facing the death penalty charge. So they were going to try to put that on during, in the federal case.
0: So this would be federal death penalty. This would be what we've seen, you know, whatever, Timothy McVeigh and, you know, people who were involved in nine 11, that kind of, that level of prosecution. Okay.
1: How insane. Very. (laughs) Anyway. So they were going to try to do that to my dad and eight other people. And um, within the 22 who were indicted. And so first they had to get that off the table before they even started trial. So they had a whole other team for that, which involved a woman from St. Louis, who I also love so much. His name is not in my brain right now, but she is amazing. And so anyways, they, and so in the U S if you're facing the death penalty at that level, the only person that decides whether or not you'll face it is the U S attorney general. Who was Jeff Sessions?
0: Oh, yeah. Interesting timing there.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 2018, 2018. The most terrifying. Um, Yep, 2017 and 2018. And I remember when Michael called me and he was like, yeah. So in the past, a U.S. Attorney General has put the death penalty on someone because they said they had a calling from God. So this is a, you know, I can never promise you anything. I mean, yeah, he, I'm sure he was Jeff afraid. Sessions
0: prayed on it. <laughs> Lord, now this is quite a table I find myself in. Um, like, I won't thank you for my beautiful myself. home. I won't thank you for Donnie, you Donnie like Dana, T, Dana, who gave me this job. You know, sound like Dana Carvey. Well, Dana Carvey is a very gifted impressionist, so I'll take that <laughs> as a compliment. <laughs> But that was also terrifying.
1: Garth. <laughs> I was like Jeff yeah. Sessions. Are you fucking kidding
0: me? Yeah, yeah. He could have gotten Eric Holder, but he was, you know, two years too late or something. I guess, right? Seriously. So this is at, at this point, he's been in federal detention. What six years or something? Mm-hmm. Awaiting, awaiting yes. federal trial. Yeah. Okay. So well, federal no, awaiting detention,
1: federal trial. He he hit once. It was twenty seventeen. So he's okay. only been with the feds before mm. it was state level.
0: Yeah. Mm. Yeah.
1: He's so um, incarcerated.
0: And it, so that's the first thing they're trying to get off the table is let's remove the death penalty before we go to trial. Yep. Right. Obviously smart strategy. Yep. And they were able they were able to do that before trial.
1: Yes. So okay. Jeff Sessions in early 2018, the trial didn't even end up starting until 2019 because the government was fucking just pausing as like as long as they could. They were like, we're not ready. And, yeah, plastic um, government. We're not ready. Yeah, That's like, a good government oh, we voice. A, we have a lot to research. Yeah. Like, no, you don't, you don't have a case. <laughs> yeah. That's why. We're not going to trial. And um, and so, yes, yeah, so Jeff Sessions takes the death penalty out the table. Once he reviews everyone's... I think my... Uh, like I remember meeting Michael, he would like fly to New York and I would meet with him for like multiple interviews.
2: Mm-hmm. And then
1: part of those interviews were the case that they would present to Jeff Sessions and be wow. like, this is the characterization of the person. These are the people he's related to. This is the kind of person who was in society. Like
0: Mitigation. Yeah. That's my job.
1: Oh, this is, yeah. <laughs> like, do yes. not kill him.
0: Yeah, I always include that in my mitigation reports. Do not murder
1: this person. Yeah. Um, So they prepared
0: a mitigation report for your dad to give to Jeff Sessions. Yeah, who would then review with a
1: committee in
0: Washington D.C. And they did that. And what did Mr. Sessions decide?
1: He decided no death penalty.
0: Wow. Hmm. Wow, well, yeah. maybe he did talk to God and God talked back.
2: Yeah, yeah. And he
0: said, uh, hey, Mr. Sessions, God here. Have you have you read the Bible? I'm a pretty chill guy.
1: <laughs> He's like, actually, no. I'd like to get a point for this. But yeah. um Well, actually, that was, must have been
0: huge. When was that when decision? It was, huge. was that That was early 2018.
1: I mean, at that time,
2: okay.
1: I had also so when I found out I was like super like, oh my gosh, and then I started actually Oh, well, I started actually like chanting that he would become my ally. Like I was like, Jeff
0: Sessions would become your ally.
1: Yeah. Because people were like, Oh, write Petitions to him or like write letters. Yeah. I'm like, he, I can
0: give a shit. Yeah. I, like
1: and who also, who cares about me? Like, it's not like a, I mean, you know, it's like, I, I don't know. So, I mean, those are great too. Sorry. No shade to petitions, but I just knew that as a, like an ordinary person with no, I, it's not like I had a reach or like, I don't even know how to go about that. Or like, I really don't know how to go about that. But also, that was kind of what they were preparing anyway. Like I, I I was like, I, so I like, it was like ally. And then also I was like, you, I was also like show one ounce of humanity, like just even slightly. And so I was so shocked. Like when yeah. I found out, I was actually at J- in Japan at the time at like this big, like world peace youth Buddhist conference. And I saw, I got the text at like four in the morning and wow. it was just like, they're so funny. Every time they text me, it's, like, so bland, but it's, like, the biggest news. But anyways, so they, she just texted me. Uh, they, they removed the death penalty. Congratulations, like, period.
0: <laughs> wow. And this was, was this, a, this was a member of the defense team?
1: This was the woman, this yeah. Net, she, she yeah. like, specializes in death penalty cases. And so yeah. she's the one who really – and then once that happened, then she was no longer on the team. And, but it was, like, Michael Kennedy kind of coordinating all these things. Great. And then – so then we have to wait another year before trial begins – they like keep pushing it. Like they just keep the government like keeps pushing it. And then it starts end of July twenty nineteen. And it lasts until February. So, anyways, they start... the trial.
0: You, the, you trial. the trial went from July to February of this year. Yeah. So that's like an eight month trial. Yes. Is that fair to say okay? That's yeah. a long trial.
1: So long. I'm yeah. so surprised they kept jurors on. Yeah. For real. Like some left.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. It was like I'm sure some jurors, you know, probably just you know died, and then some other ones yeah. were born, and then they brought them in. Eight months is a long time, man. A, a lot of things can was, happen.
1: That's a long trial. That's I mean, really dark, Russell.
0: <laughs> no, no, it's just hyperbolic. <laughs> I'm just saying it was so long that some people died of old age, natural causes. All of them. Yes. It, it was their time. They lived a beautiful life. Some people and then, got
1: married during that time. Yes,
0: of course. People had children. Eight, a lot, lot can happen in eight months. A so lot I'm told.
1: Happened. Someone got yeah. pregnant and gave birth. Well, it's nine months, but sorry. Yeah, oh,
0: well, you know, premature. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a preemie. So you could have a preemie. <laughs> but I digress. <laughs> You've so digressed. <laughs> so tell me, tell me about the trial. I mean, how I, I also wonder just from kind of like a self-protection or self-preservation uh standpoint like yeah like how closely are you watching every twist and turn and talking to the uh, attorneys and uh, you know well, like did I, yeah. you have access to the transcripts did you have access to no. the courtroom or anything okay so no. you would get news updates from the attorneys did you say i can't handle all these twists and turns you know or or were you hungry for information no, at every stage yeah i wanted yeah. to
1: know i was like what is happening yeah like where are we headed you know like because it this is the it this is it you're, there's nothing else if you once you hit the feds like it's not like there's like the, the you don't go to like universal law next or yeah. universal court. like this is it you hit the state now you're at the feds and um and he could still face life so i mean yes you could do another appeal but that's you know it's just yeah. appeals are so this was it and uh i really i mean my sister didn't didn't really want to but that's like a side note sorry sister But um, I I really wanted to know, but also because I felt like I'm also just that type of person. Like I I feel like I need to know those things. Like if I'm left, I would rather know than not know. Because like not knowing feels like another part of knowing anyway. Like yeah, I don't know.
0: Ooh, super profound. Yeah, wow. (laughs) Do you know what
1: I not know? No. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, no that's
0: like a, that's gotta be a Buddhist thing. It's a Zen riddle. That's what you've just written.
1: <laughs> you know what I, know. but so <laughs> I, I really wanted to know, but then he's a good lawyer because he would never tell me like, this is going well or not going right.
0: right. Yeah. 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 You if don't want to give people uh-uh.
1: like, I can't promise you anything. I'm just right. going to do my job. This is my job. I'm good at my job, but I can't tell you like, that it's going well, you know, I don't know. They're, yeah. they're jurors. We never know what's in their mind. Mm-hmm. And But the judge was super good. She was really good. She's, she was appointed by Obama, and she was kind of on the younger side, and she was, like, a young Latin woman. I think, I would say, like, later 40s, maybe, mm-hmm. like, mid-40s. And um, she looked, like, super young, and she was, like, very fair, Like, very, very fair. Like, she did not let the government pull shit. Yeah. Like, at one point, actually, they tried to do something, and she, like... What did she say to them? She said something like, like, you're disrespecting my court. Like, like she did not play. Yeah. On either side. Like, she was not... There was no favorites. She was just like, we are here. Like, even when I went to go testify... Oh my God, that experience. Wait a
0: minute, you testified?
1: I testified. Way to bury the lead, Amelia.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) I'm like on this linear. And
0: then,
1: and then, and then, and then. then. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, I mean, so now I have to just completely cut you off and say, Amelia, tell me about when you testified at the federal trial.
1: Dude, first of all, testifying is the most terrifying experience. Mm. So terrifying, especially if you've never done it. Or are not prepped. I mean, I was prepped for multiple days. Like, three days I did prep. What
0: were you testifying to? What was your role? What did they hope that you would communicate?
1: First, I was technically a character witness. So, like, is he a good person? Blah, blah, blah. That type. Mm-hmm. And then my dad's lawyer felt like, actually, that could be really risky. Because uh, if you are describing someone's character, then the, the government could come back with some other shit you know like oh he's a good person well this this and this and you know like so they're like that's really not good that could kind of open so they were like actually we're going to change you to a fact witness i like it so it was really smart so i just said facts about his life like where did he work Mm -hmm. i said oh he owned a cleaning company well where would they clean they cleaned in pacific heights and then he'd be like well for you know us nevada folks what, is that, what does that mean? And I was like, well, it means like houses with basketball courts inside them. It means where, you know, Robin Dan- lived.
0: Daniel Steele.
1: Yeah, Nancy Pelosi.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> All
1: the peeps. But, <laughs> but I feel like they, but when they prepped me, that was hard. Like that was emotional. That was yeah. super emotional.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Because they have their own team. And then each defendant within the indictment has their own lawyers. So they would also work together. And so there was this one woman who played like the prosecutor with me.
2: Mm-hmm. And at
1: first, like, I just got caught in so many traps. Like all the mm-hmm. traps that you see that you're like, oh, don't say that. Like, I just said it. Like, yeah. You know, like, mm-hmm. you. you. know, so I was like <laughs> reacting. And then she would stop <laughs> and be like, yeah, so you can't say that.
2: <laughs> you can't.
1: And then, don't, and then I would like say something, and she like out. twist it, like, she, like the most, you know, like at one point she goes, "Do you think it's safe to have a gun in a in a public place?" Because one mm-hmm. of the charges is um, not only is the the indictment, but there were three counts, and one of them was having a gun in a public place or shooting a shooting a firearm in a public area, and then you know one was the count of assassination, and then the RICO or whatever. So she's like you know, do you think, she's like, this is what the prosecution might ask you. So, do you think it's safe to have a gun in a public place? And I was like, well, everyone has a Second Amendment right. She's like, so you're saying that you feel safe if you're in a space with another person with a gun. So I was like,
2: well,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was like, yeah. that is a trap. I was like,
0: yeah. Well, you know? you know, what you should have said is like, well, the police have guns in public all the time.
2: Right. <laughs> and they're great we
0: we trust them with guns all the time why can't private citizens have guns Yeah, and mm. then there was <laughs> or you could start you could staff. quote chairman mao you could say yeah. well actually political power comes from the barrel of a gun <laughs> if only if only the state has guns the state can't have a monopoly on that
1: all the nevada yeah. folks are like
0: yeah man, you're in the right place, right? Nevada people love guns. I like exactly. the idea that that your fact testimony re- required you to be kind of like a you know pro gun person second amendment person <laughs> just for, just for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I assume that's out of character for you. I don't know that that's so true. Character. I don't know your opinions on guns, but I like the idea
1: out of character. Yeah. no but i it was like those prep days I was like, this is real I was super nervous like the night before testifying I was because not only are you. I mean everything you say is on record. You know like yeah. perjury is a thing. And yeah. like I mean not that I went went in there and was like I'm going to perjure myself but like it's I was you you can be so afraid that you don't even like need to, like even when he asked me to raise my right hand I was like which one is my right Wait, hand? Which <laughs> <laughs> I was like this hand is my right hand.
0: Yeah, high high stakes moment.
1: Yeah, and then but then it was funny cuz then when he when he asks me, like, well, what do you do for work? I was like, oh, I work for a peace organization that works on nuclear disarmament and uh, reforestation. And... Um, people's happiness, really centered around people's happiness.
0: Great answer. If I was on that jury, I'd be like, I love this woman.
2: <laughs> and the <candy laughs> award goes yeah. to millions.
0: You can't have a better answer to that. There is no better answer to that question.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was like, wow, this is great. I was like, I went to a liberal arts school. I studied um, political economics, and it just sounded... But you know what was really crazy was so nobody knew. nobody knew on the jury that any of them were incarcerated. Because mm-hmm. some of them were indicted and then did not have to wait in jail. But my dad was transferred and he just stayed rather than coming out and feeling he had to go back in. And so I had to see like the lawyer was like, Amelia, when you see your dad, there cannot be any sense of like, you, you can't like break down or anything.
0: Right, but, you but, don't want to reveal the fact that he's incarcerated because right. the jury doesn't know, and that could potentially taint their opinion. Okay,
1: exactly. So mm-hmm. when very when interesting. Him, it has to feel like you just saw him.
0: Yeah, be like, hey, what's up, boss?
1: Yeah, and I was like, oh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: okay, <laughs> That's another set of super emotional. Yeah. And then also, a federal court is very terrifying, just in the way that it's built. Like literally, the judge is like, like look, you look up to the judge. And then there were three rows of government prosecutors.
0: Wow.
1: Three rows of them. And I then and and then the morning of they tried to get me not to testify, the government. They were like, Hmm. no, 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 she shouldn't testify. And then they on on
0: what grounds? What were they saying? Why weren't you
1: that I'm gonna make him look like a nice person. <laughs> oh the travesty
0: yeah we got to get rid of her man that ain't right <laughs> we yeah. can't humanize this She's too person. bright
1: and shiny get her out, yeah. out of here. Yeah. Yeah. they She's were like so she'll, she'll make well, it look they probably like looked at bottle. your
0: at your fact sheet and they were like oh
1: a peace <laughs> She's organization a she wants to save the world. Disarmament. get her what out a of this building <laughs> yeah. yeah they Lock were, up. They, were really, <laughs> they were really trying like they were trying up until the wow. moment Like I was notified by the investigator. Actually, what was so terrifying was the investigator who seemed like the most neutral, most like non-emotional person was like, oh, yeah, before I testify, I have to take a Xanax. And I was like, oh, great. Hearing that from you is super not (laughs) reassuring. You are the most calm person in this room. I have not seen an emotion from you. And I like I was like shaking like I was like one foot ahead of the other foot like as I was walking.
0: That sounds like responsible Xanax used to me. I mean, it's a very dangerous drug and it causes a lot of problems in people's lives, but you know, I think popping a little Xanny right before you testify, I think that's, yeah. that's responsible.
1: Yeah. She, I mean, she's also, I mean, I don't really know about her life, but she just seemed like the most like put together. Like, Yeah. so, so I was like, Oh, okay, this is not, yeah. So I'm not, I'm not like, me feeling this way and being as scared as i am yeah. is not not you know it's not not normal or whatever like it's yeah totally really
0: everybody's terrified in that moment i mean
1: yeah. there's so much like, going on oh my gosh and then and then yeah when i got there i was just like really smiling a lot cuz i was like i'm so terrified right now and then actually when they asked me yeah the prosecutors were real pissed that i was testifying cuz when they asked me to like point out my dad i like pointed him out and then my dad's lawyer was like oh like can you share which tie he's wearing? Cause there was a lot of people in there, mm. I mean, but they kind of knew I was pointing at my dad and the prosecution was like objected to that.
0: No, he can't, she can't talk about the tie.
1: Yeah. She can't point to him. She was like, we already know who he is. I was like, okay.
0: Well, he's wearing a lovely vintage Hermes <laughs> yeah. orange paisley. I think it's quite tasteful.
1: <laughs> Fact: He's wearing a tie. Fact it's green. Thank you. Next question. But, but I, I did. I practiced the night before too. I like went over the questions. Yeah. I say, like just over and over again. But it went really well. They were really happy about it. Everyone was like, "You did great. a great job." Yeah. I mean, and that,
0: that, yeah, I that's incredible. incredible.
1: But yeah, I can now speak in front of anyone under any circumstances since I've now spoken in a federal court in front of a grand jury.
0: Yeah, you got that out of the way. So, anything else, you know, <laughs> TED talk, anything
1: check. else life wants to bring you? Know,
0: yeah, valedictorian address, whatever, you know, like
1: oh, no big deal. Let's go. I mean, I, and it was my birthday too. Like, it was like my birthday had just happened. It was wow. a long time. Wow. And I also don't like Vegas. Sorry.
0: Sorry to anyone. Uh, it's a separate Vegas. conversation. It is its own thing, that town. Although you do have a lot of associations yeah. with it. So it's we personal. can say, yeah.
1: <laughs> it's personal. I don't like Vegas. But yeah, so I, I testified and and I was wow. really, yeah, I think, I mean, the jurors were all like really like, apparently they were all like nodding and really listening. And yeah. You know, I think I seemed like a sweet kid.
0: Was this toward the end of the trial? Where, at what point were you, did you testify?
1: Yeah, December.
0: December. Okay. And it wrapped up in February. Yeah. So, you know, close to the end.
1: Yeah. This was when the defense was now doing their side.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so, of course, I have to ask, we've kept our listeners and everybody else in suspense this whole time. What was the outcome of that trial?
1: He was acquitted. An exoneration wow. of everything.
0: Acquitted and exonerated. Tell us, tell us more about that. Tell us about the distinction between those two things and what it, what it meant for him in terms of his freedom and his life now.
1: Well, you know, I think so first, yes, he was acquitted of the specific counts, but because of that, everything else is like also kind of crushed. But so I, and actually what I later found out was in the later meaning like very recently um, in the jury deliberations, he was the first they acquitted, actually.
2: Okay. And yeah. um,
1: and a lot of the case actually relied on him and what happened in 2011. That was like a big thing they were trying to say, like this thing that happened, it's connected. But actually, this past trial is the first time that I ever saw the footage of what happened that night. I had never hmm. seen it. Oh, and wow. I, I, and I remember wondering, why the hell have I never seen this? Because when... Michael Kennedy showed it to me. It was so clear. Like if you watch it, it looks it, like, first of all, the people who pull the guns first are the Hells Angels and they start pointing it at everyone in the casino. Mm. And so wow. you see people run. And then you see my dad in like the far corner, like kind of like trying to figure out like what's happening as these two guys are literally like, like they literally pistol whip this like, s- like 70 year old like you oh. see everything and so i'm like why the fuck was this not here in 2013 like it was so mind-blowing and i didn't even, i was hard to even watch because it literally looked like a mass shooting i mean they 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 like beat people up and stuff and then they're like you see my father pulled like you see him shoot the guy but when the guy is he's like basically standing over someone with his gun pointed at his face when my oh. dad. Oh,
0: and it's wow. I mean, it's the kind of thing where different circumstances, you know, he's just your dad's a hero, right? Like, you know, if you were wearing different clothes or had different associations or whatever, this is the kind of story that that we tell about, you know, people showing courage under fire and saving lives. Yep. All right. And when you say you didn't see the footage, does that mean it was not presented at his first trial at his state trial? No. Do you know why? No.
1: That's All they know at the state trial was like him picking up the gun from the
0: bar. Oh, so not the whole thing. Wow. No. Yeah, it sounds like he did have a bad attorney uh, to begin with. Yeah.
2: Terrible. I, I mean, mean, you
0: know, I wasn't on the inside, but just
1: no horrible
0: from my armchair assessment.
1: No, he was horrible. I mean, I remember when he was almost going to get us to testify and he was like, just say your dad's like the best dad. And I was like, that seems weird. Like no one's like
0: I mean no one's perfect. So that just seems weak. so yeah. I mean I, I I don't. It's probably not a good idea to have someone get up there and say, uh, "My dad's perfect." Right, yeah. <laughs> that's and, and, what I was thinking when you were going to be a character witness is it's very hard to have someone, particularly a younger person, talk about their parent because just like I said earlier, you know those relationships are so loaded it would yeah. be very easy for a prosecutor to dig around and be like, "Oh, well, it says here you were drinking vodka in a water bottle in high school. What was that about? <laughs> Did that I have know. anything to do you know You're like, um,
2: water
0: yeah, no,
1: but there I mean also it was like. The character the scary thing about a character witness is you could be like, oh well, have you ever seen your dad angry? Yeah. Mm. And that was something they tested me with, and I was like, well, yes. As a human, we <laughs> yeah. can express anger.
0: We all get mad. We're not all yeah. Buddhists, you know. Yeah, we're
1: not. And even Buddhists <laughs> get pissed. But like even that, it's like it's like anything. Uh, yeah, it was just it was too. There were too many loopholes. But then being a fact witness was really really hard. Yeah, because he was like Amelia, really, you cannot like you have to be really careful with the words that you use, because basically the judge was like, okay, I'll allow her to come in and testify as a fact witness, even though usually fact witnesses you'd would think would be at the scene and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But she said she can do it as long as she doesn't say anything that opens it, characterizing him.
0: Right. So she yeah, does. So you, yeah. So you have to be very careful, everything, because yeah. anything could be characterization.
2: Exactly. You know, so it's like,
0: oh, exactly. yeah. He, he had a business and he was very good at it. What do you mean he was good at it?
1: Yeah, exactly. Define <laughs> good. Exactly. So I had to also be aware of that. Like, I yeah. also had to be I, hyper aware of the fact that if I said anything that would characterize him, the judge would be like, mm. yeah, where's your daddy? Hmm. So that, that was like another level of like, not only was I in that environment, but I was also having to be like hyper aware of the words that I was saying under like very pressure circumstances, yeah. like when it comes to, you know, obviously my dad, but you know, like, I know that what I say matters in terms of his case. So it was so, it was so intense. Yeah, That's
0: an incredible amount of pressure.
1: It was like I was like, yeah. oh, cool, okay. Let me just—I—I I had to be very, but I was trying to do it in a way that also showed who I was, so that they could see, like, oh, look, but look at this wonderful person. This person is so <laughs> wonderful. That must mean they're bad. Yeah, in of them. course, of course. You know, for this person to be this way. Yeah, and and also I was willing to be there, so I think that also shows a level of like, yeah, you know. Like yeah. if you didn't want to be there or, you know, so. Yeah,
0: no, I agree. Yeah. Uh, for the sake of timeline, oh, yeah. when, when uh, is, when is he getting this news? When does the verdict come out? This is in February when, when February the trial ends. Okay. February 24th. And what does that mean for him right away? They open the door right. while he walks out or. Yeah. He, Same okay. day. Wow. He walks
1: out. Mm. Were you there? No. Okay. I wasn't there because they didn't know when it would happen.
0: Right. So he was right. like
1: the fly out, but it could be like another week. Yeah. And we don't right. know. And we were trying to push it until March. Oh. government was trying to, which would have been terrifying because it would have been shut down because of COVID. Right? Uh, right.
0: Yeah. I actually thought that when you mentioned the timeline I was like February 2020, huh? I feel like something was about to happen around that time that you might know, complicate things. This was sounds like it came down at exactly the right time for him. And like for everybody perfect. else. Yeah. So when were you able to see him uh, after he got out?
1: Him in June.
0: Okay. So now just, was your was your your were your travel plans complicated by covid like did he get out and then you were trying to plan to go out and then yeah
1: i had gotten my ticket for april wow and then i canceled it well wow. they, they weren't letting you front so and then i was like oh my god i haven't seen my dad you know outside since i was 15 and now wow. i can't fucking see him because of covid i was like what is this world The darkest
2: timeline. Yeah,
1: like this is insane. Like this makes no sense. And then he he got out, and then you know he he lives with his girlfriend in San Jose, Mm. and um, he's been doing actually pretty well. And so he started like basically consulting with some people and kind of getting back into what he used to do. And um, but then I yeah when I went out there, well PBS is doing like a brief documentary on him and I. Wow. like real real short oh, wow. it's the American Portrait Story oh yeah I've heard of yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so they're um, ours is coming out in August or something
0: wow so they have they filmed it already is that part of the reason you went out in June okay
1: mm-hmm. yeah. and then but oh. I filmed it all so wow. I uh, wow well, look also, at you he, I know I was like <laughs> and then <laughs> I was like oh my god I started not care. like I remember the first time I, sh- I like I like shot myself or whatever I was like oh like let me just like put on some like you know make me look not dead and then after a while I was like I don't care anymore
0: (laughs) that's the way to go
1: this is a documentary this is how I look so um but um but then he did some filming too and so anyways yeah I saw him in June 19th this year for the first time since I was 15
0: Wow. What what was that like? What did you guys do? How did it feel? I'm, I'm so curious to hear about this day.
1: It was amazing. I mean, it's really crazy because I think because we also went through so much in our relationship between the, those last nine years, like, I think that connection was always there. You know, so it's like when you see someone that you haven't seen in a long time, it's like, You never were not with them. But then I would like just look at his face and just think, like, you are here. Like, it was like a kind of like, it was like actually, it would usually be at the end of the night that I would process kind of like what that day was like. Because in the moment, I was like, hey, (laughs) you're my dad. You're still my dad. And I'm your daughter. But I think, um, I had, I definitely had prepared myself to never see him outside of prison walls. And yeah. so I think there was also a level of like, I never thought this was real. I never really thought this could happen. As much as I, you know, wished for it, hoped for it, chanted about it, like all these things, there was still a big, there was still an aspect of my life that knew like no matter how much stuff I do or how much someone's innocent like that in the fucking criminal, you know, system that we have, it doesn't matter. So like, you know, knowing that I I think a lot of like, even this past trial, like there was also for me never a moment where I was like, we got this,
2: you know,
1: up until the day, like, I remember that day I was on, I was coming home on the subway and the, um, (laughs) his lawyer just texts me (laughs) like, uh they've they've made their decision or something and i'm like on the subway like uh, having like a panic attack I'm yeah. like get off this fucking subway car
2: yeah
1: and, um, and i'm like walking home and i'm just like chanting and like oh my god like i just but i felt at that moment like honestly actually i felt at that moment like you know what like i am just so appreciative for everything that lawyer has done for us i'm so appreciative for everything that's happened like like he did his best. Like, I have full confidence in that. Like, there is no part of me that was like, well, why don't you do that? Or like, why didn't go that way? Like, he did everything. And so actually, even before he texted me the verdict, I wanted, I was about to message him, like, I just want to say, like, thank you for everything you've done for my family, regardless of the outcome, like you've killed yourself for this trial. And, um, and then he just texts me, (laughs) not guilty, all three counts. (laughs) (laughs) you're just like just this is the fact of what happened yeah like, very like and then i just like cried i had like a full like breakdown my sister thought it was like the worst thing that happened you know she was like did he get life like why are you reacting like this but i was i was like overwhelmed i think all of this like profound fear and prof like was that like, kind of just like came out you know where i was like yeah you know, like i never i never allowed myself to think this was possible and i think as a form of protecting myself and also Absolutely. really trying to rationalize everything like i didn't allow myself to go there like he's gonna be free because i really didn't know you don't know as much as you you know do whatever you can for the best like you just don't know i mean literally you're relying on jurors who have you know first of all it's hard understanding a rico case as a civilian period and then you're eight months in it you probably forgot half of it like yeah like well, at the end you're just like oh i just want this to be over and so um so that was just remarkable and then and then yeah seeing and then like my dad now has an iPhone, you know, so we, like, FaceTime. Wow. And he, like, texts me, and he's, like, texts me, like, bye. In our texts, he's like, I love you, bye. I'm like, you oh. don't have to...
2: <laughs> he'll to figure bye. it out. He'll,
1: he'll figure get it out. he some, he'll time, some time, but he'll get it. Yeah. He, he
0: missed a crucial time period in, in technology, so, yeah. Yeah. you know yeah. what I'm saying? Definitely. He's-
1: <laughs> and he's, like, still, he's, because he's, now in San Jose and he'll go into the city, and he's, like, this is not San Francisco. Oh, yeah. like he, we went to go get ice cream and um when she told him how much it was, he was like,
2: <laughs> was like
1: you, I'm sorry, how much is <laughs> scoop of ice cream? Oh yeah. And she was it's like expensive um, city now. Yeah, she was like, Oh, that's a 625. And he was like, Okay, that was right what you told me. You told me the right number, but he he's like, every everywhere we go, he's like how much? How much money was that? And we were like, "Yeah, know yeah, it's, it's really." Yeah, bad. I mean, how
0: did you explain the Salesforce Tower to him? You know, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot, a lot of yeah. explaining to do.
1: Lots of explaining to do. He, but it was amazing. We went to the Golden Gate Bridge, and we, we basically went to the Presidio, and we like mm-hmm. walked, we like walked around there. We like sat on a bench and just hung out, and then we got coffee together, which we had never both had coffee. You wow. know, I was 15, so I wasn't drinking coffee. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the, I mean, we talked about also like this idea of like providing and how, you know, because I'm, I now have, you know, obviously he's not really making any money in terms of like, you know, paycheck or anything like that. He's still waiting for his passport from the government, just so much stuff mm-hmm. that they still have to send him. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I was, I would like pay for some things. And I think for him, that was like really, It was a big deal because he's not used to that. He's used to being the provider, you know? So there was just so many. So honestly, it felt like, like when the day would be over, it felt like Disneyland or something. Like I had like just gone to like Disneyland, you know, that like feeling you get after you go to like an amusement park or something like just so exciting. And you're just like, wow, like I just experienced something that's like not real. Yeah. And so it was, yeah, it was really, it, it was remarkable. But I think for, you know, how he's, he's doing, I think he's, you know, doing very well, considering, but I also, I definitely felt like, um, I think this is, for me, the best way to describe it, but like, you know, when someone comes back from war, after like 10 years or something, you know, I think that's, there was also like that, too, that I saw, like, where things would really stress him out, or, you know, like kind of small things that he wasn't, like if someone walked too close and didn't mm-hmm. say, yeah. anything, you know, or yeah. like, excuse me, or like, he would get really, you know, he's like, yeah, no, you can't do that. You can't yeah. walk
2: that close to me of and course. not something.
1: And so, all of these, all of these things, and then also being 25, you know, and like being like, Like he, he was like, it was just really, yeah, it was really funny. Like, like I'm 25 now, you know, a lot of the things that I needed when I was 15, I don't really need, you know? So I think being an adult, uh, that was such a, so there was also like a period of then the day would be over. There was also definitely a level of like mourning almost like kind of grief that also came over me where, which my sister felt too, but grief of like, we, I lost 10 years You know, that was like ten years that I'll never experience with him there. But then I also really tried to remind myself, like, well, Amelia, why don't and a friend told this to me too, but she was like, Well, what about the next twenty years? Why don't you create something really wonderful for the next twenty years? So it was it was just yeah, a big a big mix of emotions and and then I also felt like why the fuck am I living in New York? (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, you mean because he's so far away, right? It's, yeah, like yeah.
1: I like, left him again, you know, and then like yeah. my mom's there now and my sister, and you know, also my girlfriend lives out in LA. And so I was just like, why am I like, what's keeping me in New York? And, that
0: is a valid question. Everybody's out there mom, I mean, sister, whatever. dad. Oh,
1: you know, my dad, yeah. And so oh. it's, I was like, well, what am I doing in New York? And, but I think he, I'm just so happy that he's, um, That he's out and I just yeah it was so surreal like you know it's it's so crazy I wish I could really value life like like the way that we like when you really feel like you have this precious moment with someone that you don't know will ever happen again or you never knew might happen yeah like that's when I feel like you can really enjoy life and like when I when I was with him like we did really did not do anything we literally drove around and we walked and we walked in the Presidio, which I've been to the Presidio many times. It wasn't like I was like, what is the Golden Gate Bridge? You know, and it was like it was like foggy and we sat on a bench and we just talked. But like because the simple fact that I could be together with him outside of prison walls, that itself was an impossible dream. And so, yeah, it was just like. Most incredible of course. Experience.
0: of course Well let me just say I'm so happy for you And for your dad This is incredible news I've known you for years now I can actually say that yes. I've known you for years And I've known about this ongoing saga um, And I'm just personally very very happy That it resolved this way And I'm, I'm really glad you guys get to be together again That's a really powerful story And thank you for sharing it
1: Yes, thank you. Of thank course. you both for supporting me throughout all of it. I told like so many different iterations <laughs> of the story. And like so now we're here. Yeah. And now we're here.
0: Yeah. There are a lot of dimensions. It's yeah. it's quite a tale. We could have done a whole series on this, That's you know. Serious, right? I'm he sure there's stuff we didn't even get to cover. Yeah. yeah. And
1: he has his own, I think he has his own thing that he wants to do too, but
0: Yeah. That's great. And I'm also really excited about this PBS you yeah, you said this you said it's going to air in august? august is that what you said
1: mm-hmm.
0: let us know i will we'll put a link we'll put a clip on the site we'll be just like you know proud parents Our our amelia <laughs> she's so
2: grown she's filming herself
1: <laughs> and the documentaries it was so crazy too because when they sorry side note i know it's like so late but when they called me about the um pbs they were like is there like tension or like anything and i was like no sorry you guys yeah. yeah, the,
2: the the
0: producers were like damn it,
2: <laughs> it a little bit. we were really hoping you
0: had beef you know we heard from your high school social worker that you were very angry as a young girl <laughs> we were hoping you could recreate some of that for this <laughs> yeah Well, that's, I mean, that's beautiful. It really is. It's a beautiful thing. It makes me very happy. And um, I think there are a lot of important lessons to be drawn from that in so many ways, right? Just in perseverance, the decisions that you made along the way about how to take care of yourself in this time. Uh, And then also, of course, like we've been saying, the macro lessons about what, what are the consequences of, of the errors and and the flaws in our criminal justice system? They are huge. They are people's families, you know, and they are human lives. And I think I think this story really highlights it. Yeah. So thank uh, you.
1: Yeah. Yes. When you incarcerate the parent, you incarcerate the child. Yeah. 100%.
0: Yeah. I learned that again uh, when I was working with you guys at Echoes of Incarceration. You know, so another shout out to them yes uh because it wasn't for them maybe we wouldn't have met and then you wouldn't be here today
1: this this is very true
0: you gotta think about these things
1: i really appreciate yeah they're they're really amazing they're still doing really awesome work too especially right now
0: great yeah i encourage all of our listeners please check out echoes of incarceration also please check our website or the pbs website for amelia's story um even though I think we did a pretty good job covering in here today. That, that was your was so that was good. your TED talk. This was your TED talk. <laughs> whenever whenever you're scheduled for your actual TED talk, you can refer to this transcript and just say like, "Ooh, that was good."
1: And you're like her hype man then if she if she's a yes. TED talk.
0: Yeah, I'll give the intro blog, Yeah, everybody. <laughs> Do they say it at the beginning of a TED talk?
2: <laughs> I just love the microphones
0: oh yeah you'll definitely microphone. have one of those little microphones as a tiny <laughs> little yeah 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 that's part, of it. Like part of it
1: And it sounds so good like when i yeah. talk i'm like that is a great microphone it's like such a soothing sound
0: i need one of those walking around in the street you so know
1: just Talking to myself
0: like hey get out of the way hey move your dog <laughs> <laughs> but I digress. <laughs> All right, uh, Amelia, thank you so so much for being here. Thank you for sharing this incredible, powerful, uplifting story. Um, I'm sure our listeners got just as much from it as we did. So thank you for being here. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks as always to our fearless leader, our producer, who keeps us on task and sounding good. Ewing Piancy. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks again to Amelia. Until next time, Quest On, everybody.
2: This episode of Quest On Media's Margin Call was produced in Richmond, California.